0: Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. For more videos, messages, and content, be sure to subscribe to our channels on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for a great way to stay connected throughout the week. Tune in as we bring this week's message from our series, A Season 2 Believe. I want to say thank you for coming to Legacy weekend, and if it's your first time here, uh, what an honor it is for us to be able to host you today, and just incredible that you're here. Come on, Coast Life family, give them a great hand, say thank you so much for being with us today. So glad you're here, and this weekend is Legacy Offering Weekend, and if you're new to our church, you may not know exactly what that is, and every every year we do an end-of-the-year expansion offering. This offering is for the expansion of our church. We call it legacy because we feel like God has called us to build something beyond just our generation, uh, to build something that isn't just for today, but that we can leave behind. How many of you would like to know that long after you're gone, there's still a church thriving in this community? And that's, that's what we're giving to you you know, sometimes you sense the immediacy of the projects that we're doing, but this isn't just about uh, a, a year, 2020. This isn't about a generation. This is about building a church for the next generation, and that's what we're here to do today. And you know, obviously, uh, uh, we have the projects that we're doing. Uh, we're we're launching some new student ministries. We're expanding our small groups, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit next weekend, and. Of course, one of the big projects we're doing is we're going into an expansion of this building that I'm super excited about. Uh, we're going to be combining the, this building and the kids' building. It's going to be all one building with a big, massive lobby, and we're going to be able to push production back into that lobby and expand out the seats in this room. We're adding some parking spots one of these days. One of these days, in Jesus' name, we're not going to park on the street. We're going to have an actual parking spot for some of you people. Uh, we're claiming it by faith. I'm naming it and claiming it right now in Jesus' name. Uh, we're trying to find parking spots. Isn't that an incredible problem to have for a church? Like, what do we do with all these cars? Like, join a small group and carpool, people. Come on. Uh, <laughs> make that a small group. Uh, we ride to church together. That'd be awesome. And we've we've got all of these projects where there's going to be a corridor that goes all the way around this building. So we're going to bring you in one way. But you ready for this? There's going to be multiple ways to leave so it doesn't take 45 minutes to get out of the auditorium. Somebody say amen. That's good news right there. And uh, just just expansion. believing, Expanding our, our space so we can receive more people, serve more people. And so that's that's the giving. It's going to that. It's legacy party, legacy offering party because God loves a joyful and a cheerful giver. And so we also love to party at Coast Life Church, so that works out well. So we're just gonna throw a massive party in our generosity today as, as we give. And one of the things we love to do is we love to be generous. So we went around this week, we wanted to lead. That's always my posture, is I don't want to ask people to do something we're not doing as a church. So we go first as a church. And so we went around to a bunch of schools and paid off all the student lunch debt at some of the schools this week. Just to say Merry Christmas. <clears throat> helped helped a helped a whole bunch of. Families right at Christmas time, uh, taking care of that before this uh, semester ends. And then we stopped by at Thrive Maternity Home, which is a home that allows single moms to have a healthy place to go through their pregnancy and deliver their baby. Uh, what an incredible thing to get to serve those moms who are in desperate need. We stopped by and gave them $5,000 this week just to help them. And that's, yeah, come on, that's incredible. That's incredible, as we just believe in generosity, and all of that is on top of uh, more than 100,000 dollars we've already given away this year, just building the global house of God. The church is the distributor. People bring their tithes to the church, and the church distributes. Uh, it, it sends it out. and so. We come to the local church, we give, the local church distributes, and we build the global house of God. And how many of you are thankful to see a church, not just that's thriving here, but we're impacting all around the world. We're touching people's lives and hearts and seeing God do amazing things. It's it's awkward when you start a church because you have to tell people what you want to do. (laughs) Like, hey, we're going to reach people. Hey, we're going to impact. And it's so cool. We're nine years in. I can tell you vision, but I don't have to tell you what we want to do. I can look back and say, look what God has done over the past year. It was, it's phenomenal, incredible, incredible. And so we're, we're giving to expansion today. And I want to talk about, we're in a series called A Season to Believe. And Dylan kicked it off incredibly last weekend talking about a season to believe big. It's one of our core values. And I, I want to talk today about a season to believe for expansion. How many of you believe that God is the God of increase? that we serve a limitless God, that <laughs> he has no limitations. There's no boundaries or borders to the God that we serve. And one of our core values at our church is that we relentlessly pursue progress. I love that, probably because I had a hand in writing it, but also I just, I just love it. I'll never forget when that word relentlessly, Like, if I could describe something about our church, is we, we, it hasn't been easy. Uh, we we weren't you know blessed with a lot of facilities and money and people in the early days but we've just been relentless in pursuing advancing the kingdom of god in our church and, and we have a little statement that goes with that it says we are committed to advancing the kingdom of god everywhere in all things and at all times come on there's no season that the church should slow down it, that we should be going forward as as people we like to we like to relax right we like to chill out we like to vacation we like to retire we like to take it easy and that's great i get all of that but as a church can i tell you there's none of those words describe the kingdom of god what describes the kingdom of god is forcefully advancing that the church goes forward in all seasons and all times and so we we just we believe honestly in the growth and the expansion of the local church because we believe in the growth and the expansion of the kingdom of God because that's what's expanding and church should never, never be stuck. It should always be moving forward. It's been a core value of ours since day one. That it should never be stuck. We should never get stuck in tradition. We should never get stuck with some limitation. We don't have the resources or we can't do something. And the reason why we should never be stuck is because 2,000 years ago, there was a grave that could not contain the body of Christ. And now 2,000 years later, there's no building, there's no community, there's no adversity that can contain the body of Christ because the same power that raised Christ from the grave is the same power that's propelling his church forward today, taking us into the the future it's that same power that's here and present in our church right here right now moving us forward into the things that God has for us and we're a church that moves forward and a lot of times people think that's just for success sake and I, I won't you know obviously we all love to see things move forward and have success that's that's obvious but that's not the real reason it's just for success sake and just for progress sake The reason we want our church to move forward is because we're just trying to keep up with what God is doing because he's the God that's moving forward. He's the God that said, I'm going to put a road in the wilderness. I'm going to put a desert in the wilderness. I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way and forget the former things because, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And our whole desire to move forward is just because we never want to be a church that limits the limitless God. We're always going to be believing bigger because our God is bigger than where we are right now. That he's going forward. And I I love today, I get to talk expansion and I get to talk the Christmas story. It's in the Christmas story. And I'm going to merge those two worlds today. And we're in a a series called A Season to Believe. And we're adding something to it each week. A season to believe big. A season to believe for expansion. And how many of you know that Jesus is the reason for the season to believe? And we, we wanted to take... Christmas, and I I love, you know, Christmas is a little bit commercialized, and I'm a sucker for every bit of it. Like, I love Christmas. I love Christmas lights, Christmas trees, and Christmas movies, and Christmas songs, and Christmas parties, and everything, all things Christmas. Uh, But we wanted to look a little bit deeper at some of the miracles that God did the supernatural power of God, the sovereignty of God in the Christmas story, and encourage our hearts to not just be inspired by the season of Christmas, but really lean into. Like God is moving in the earth today, and it started well before two thousand years ago. But it started moving forward powerfully two thousand years ago, and God's still moving in our world today because Christ came. Come on, somebody, that's just good preaching. And Isaiah, Isaiah prophesied the birth of Christ seven hundred years before Jesus was born. Seven hundred years before Christ, he, he so in a staggering way de- depicted the cross of Christ. But he also, in in an equally amazing way, described the birth of Christ. It's found in Isaiah 9. We use this often, but I want to point out something that maybe you pass by. Uh, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, doesn't that just move your heart reading those words and those 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 declarations of who our God is? And then it says this of the increase. Come on, say that word with me. Say increase, increase. of the increase of His government and His peace. There will be no end. What's the future of the church? There will be no end. That there will be no end of the increase. The abundance of the rule of Christ will have no end. His peace will continue. And a lot of people have this negative mindset about where the world is going. And I don't know where the world's going to go, but I know where the church is going to go. It's going to go forward and it's going to increase because that's the promise that we have from the word of God. That if you've ever wondered about the future of the church, there will be no end because it's going to continue to increase because it's ruled by Christ himself. That we have that promise today. And I love the fact that it says there will be, that it will increase and there will be no end. If I were translating the Bible, I would insert a mic drop right at that point. Like my trough, so powerful that it will increase and there will be no end. And it just builds in the idea of the limitless God bringing increase. And I, I realized today as I talk about expansion that sometimes that makes people uncomfortable. That sometimes it makes me uncomfortable. You're always navigating that, that situation. And we, we talk about things that make people uncomfortable, and I don't mind that. Um, it's just who we are as a church and But it, it makes people uncomfortable. when We talk about increase. We talk about expansion. We're, we're gathering to give our goal is $350,000. And that, you know, I love sometimes people audibly gasp when we drop numbers like that. And it's like, it's like challenging when we start talking about numbers and we talk about the church moving forward. It, it, it becomes very challenging. I'll never forget when we built this building. Um, we've been in this a little over three years now. And we, we were only a church of about 400 when we built this building, which was a monumental undertaking for our church at that time. And, and we, were, we were growing and expanding. Our church, our church in under two years doubled. We went from 400 to 800 in under two years. And, and in a lot of ways, it was incredible. But how many of you, if you've ever been a part of something growing, what they don't tell you is growth creates an absolute mess in your life. Like, where there's no increase, the stall is clean. But increase comes on the strength of the ox. That's in the Bible. In other words, if you, don't, if you want everything to be neat and tidy, don't have any increase. But if you want increase, you better receive the mess that comes with increase because it's messy. And it was the messiest season of my life. Like on social media, you would have thought my life was perfect. New building, church growing by leaps and bounds. But behind the scenes, it was so crazy because we had so many people coming, but there were also equally, uh, not equally, but there was a a, a lot of core people leaving. And because the church had changed, and I didn't know how to answer that because the church had changed. It, It was different. And I'll never forget it, somebody told me as they were leaving our church, they said, this church will never be big enough for you, will it? And uh, one, I'm glad they said that because I've gotten a lot of mileage out of that statement over the years, you know what I mean? And I just, my instinct was to say, no, no, this church will never, this church will never be big enough for me, it won't. And the reason for that is because we have a defined mission, and that is to lead people to abundant life in Christ. And as long as there's somebody outside of this church that's living less than what Jesus paid for then our church is not big enough because we don't define success by how many people are in this church. We define success by how many people are not yet experiencing abundant life in Jesus Christ. And listen guys, if there was just one person that wasn't experiencing abundant life, I'd be standing on this stage receiving a legacy offering say let's give and let's figure out how we reach that one person because we haven't built enough buildings, we haven't added enough services, we don't have enough seats, we don't have enough parking spots because until we reach every person this church is not big enough there's not a number that will satisfy us there's not a goal that will satisfy us what satisfies us is if we populate heaven and we plunder hell and we take people from their dysfunction and we bring them into abundant life in Jesus Christ that is the mission of our church and it will always remain the same and so as messy as it is we're going to embrace the mess because we're going to keep moving forward as a church because our mission is to do what Christ came to do, and that's give people abundant life in Jesus Christ. And what happens, and what we have to wrestle with, what we have to wrestle with is a lot of times what we want is we want a church, and I I have to struggle with this because growth challenges me, believe it or not. I'm with you. I have to lay my preferences down sometimes too. What we want sometimes is we want a church that's small enough that we can control. But what God wants is a church that is big enough that it cannot be contained, that there's nothing that can contain it, that it rises in influence. And I want to give you three reasons we do legacy offering, and we believe for expansion every year. Three reasons. I'm going to do these quickly. Number one is we give to legacy offering because God wants to advance his kingdom. God wants to advance his kingdom, and that's, that's what Jesus challenged us to do, put the kingdom of God first, and all these other things will be added to you, but Jesus taught about the expansion of the kingdom of God. Many of you, especially if you have a church background, um, you were taught something that, that I think needs to, to be corrected, and, and there was sort of a doomsday mentality when you talked about the future of the church, the kingdom of God. And it's just not founded in the teachings of Christ. Christ taught something different than what many of us maybe have a a thought pattern on. He taught that the kingdom of God was going to continually increase. And he gives us this principle that the kingdom of God starts small, but it has potential, that it experiences growth, that it experiences increase, and then it becomes large enough to be influential. That's, that's what Jesus taught. Matthew chapter 13. Let me read it to you out of the Bible. Um, if you don't believe me, just believe Jesus. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Mustard seed starts small, grows big. Okay, in case you don't like the mustard seed, Jesus said, let's do leaven. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, small amount of leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour, but it had potential, began to expand, it began to grow, and it increased until the whole three measures of flour was leavened. That's what Jesus taught about the kingdom of God. It contains a promise. First of all, we've already established it. The kingdom of God is not going to shrink. The role of Christ is going to increase as time goes on. That's a promise that we have from God. We don't have a theology that says the worst is ahead. We have a theology that says the best is yet to come. We have a promise, but the principle is this, is it's a mustard seed, it's the smallest of all seeds, it's planted in an environment, it's sown into an environment, it has potential that God begins to bless it, that as it blesses, it begins to increase, it begins to expand, it begins to grow. When once there was life in the garden without this mustard seed, now the tree begins to grow so large that it becomes the center of the garden and all of life revolves around the tree. That that's the principle that Jesus gave us. Same thing with eleven. It starts small. It begins to expand. It has increase. It has growth. It begins to influence. Listen every every part. And here's here's the message that of Christmas is that two thousand years ago there was a world that was active. There were kings, there were kingdoms, there were governments, there was economic systems, there was all of these things. There were politics, there were people who were in, there were people who were out, there were people who were wealthy, there were people who were poor. Everybody was doing their life and all of the hustle and bustle of life was going on with the exception of some wise men and some shepherds and Mary and Joseph. God God took the seed of heaven, Jesus Christ, and he wrapped him, not in a king, not coming down with an army, not coming with a government, he wrapped him as a baby and he sowed him him into the garden of the world. He was the mustard seed. Think about it. A baby born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. Think about how big the world is and how, how small and how weak and how frail a baby is and how much infancy there is. He planted the baby. But how many of you know that baby had some potential? Like there was something on the inside of him that wasn't of this world. It was born of God the Father. And he planted him in Bethlehem, a little tiny town in the Middle East. And then that baby began to grow in favor with God and man. And then he got 12 friends, and they began to do ministry together. And when he died and rose again, there were 120 on the day of Pentecost. Later that day, there were 3,000 that were baptized. And now people are celebrating Christmas all over the world. There's a Christmas tree in the White House. There's a Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center. And every one of those lights is twinkling because light has come into the darkness of the world. Because I want to tell you something. The kingdom of God is not shrinking. The kingdom of God is expanding. And today we give because the kingdom of God is going to go forward in Jesus' name. It'll never stop. And So today we give to empower the expansion of the kingdom of God right here in our community. How does the kingdom of God go forward? Person after person, life after life, heart after heart. That's how we do it. Here's the second reason we give. We give the legacy offering because it's effective. You know why we do a legacy offering every year? Because it works. (laughs) It's incredibly effective. Jesus said this. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. In other words, we give today because we have a posture of victory. We have a posture of victory. We don't have a theology of defeat. We have a theology of dominion. That Christ has won the victory. 2,000 years ago, if we were ever going to be defeated, we would have been defeated when Christ went into the grave. But when he walked out of the grave, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And today, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory because Christ has already won the victory. And our enemy is defeated. He, he's defeated. We have an adversary, but he's defeated. And God is building his house. I'll, I'm a pastor. And I always love to read those news reports that like God is dead, the church is dead. And I'm like, on Monday, I'm like deliriously tired because I just preached to a room full of four people, like four rooms full of people over the weekend. And I'm just like, from my vantage point, it doesn't seem like the church is hurting too bad because we can't even have enough services to pack everybody in. And what they're doing is they're measuring churches that have left spirit-filled theology and have gone a worldly way. What they're not measuring are churches that are alive by the Holy Spirit because you can go do the research when the presence of God is there those churches are thriving and growing like crazy because God's church is moving forward it's moving forward God is building his house and he uses us to do it and a lot of times people think it's a pastor that builds a church that's, that's not the case well, it's a pastor, it's a few select people no, 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 no that's, that's not Bible theology here's how this works God builds the house, we do the work unless the lord builds the house they labor in vain who build it we we don't build the house we all do our part and god builds the house i can't make a church grow you can't make a church grow but if we do our work god can make a church grow that any growth that happens is the sovereignty of god watch this ephesians 4:16 paul says this he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work, as I do my work, you do your work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. How many of you believe that's what the church should look like right there? That's, that's the picture. I'm praying that's the picture of Coast Life Church right there that each of us are doing our part, that God is the one causing it to be healthy and to grow and it's full of love. And today we're all going to give because as each of us gives what we're able to give, God is going to take it and he's going to bless it and the work is going to be blessed and it's going to grow because God does the work of causing things to grow. And we give today because there's a work to do. This is our work. This is what God has called us to do. He's called us to trust him. And it's a winning work. It's a prevailing work. It's not a failing work. One of, one of the reasons I really believe the enemy sows this idea of, of doom, of gloom, of the church not making it, is who wants to invest into something that's not going to make it? Like, who wants to give to something that's going under? You know what I mean? Like, oh, that business is going to close down. I'm going to buy stock. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, you don't do that stuff. You, you, you invest into things that are, that are going to succeed. And I was reading a book recently about the economic downturn that happened around two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and it was writing about financial advisors during that season. If you remember, the the real estate uh, economy collapsed, the, the values of homes dropped, the stock market tanked, people were losing sometimes fifty percent of their life savings. It was it was you know really dangerous times and incredibly hard times and 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 the people that took the brunt of that were the people that are responsible for other people's money and when when you're over somebody's money and they just lost half their money they probably don't like you very much in that moment and and it's not that they were you know I'm sure there's a few bad ones but the overwhelming majority of them are just good men and women who are trying to do their jobs and, and the, it, it chronicled financial advisors at this, at this major firm that these people were highly productive people. I mean, they were hard workers. They were working hours, and, and, and they were highly productive. And then when everything tanked, that it that there was, there was so cloudy and dark that these highly productive people would come into the office, and they couldn't even do simple things like respond to emails. They couldn't even make a phone call. Because there's this phrase called, called learned helplessness that when you believe that the outcome is doomed, you won't even do the thing that begins to get the process started, the simple things. And so they, 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 they were having struggles at this firm, and a guy came in and said, re- rebooted the culture. First of all, it's crazy, y'all. He got them in small groups. I kid you not. He's not. It's not Christian. It's not biblical, but he got them in community together, and they all started to talk it out, and they all started to feel better. And then he told them this. You're losing all of your clients. If you just lost 50% of their income, they're done with you. But you know what? There's a lot of other financial advisors that have lost their clients, which means they're fair game. Why don't you pick up the phone? call and make some calls because there's clients out there that you can find in other words he's rebooting the mindset of this isn't doomed there is some place out there that there's some hope and I want you to understand this if you can realize that you're not helpless you'll learn that you're not hopeless that there's a future for you and here's what I believe the enemy does is the enemy knows he's defeated and he knows Jesus wins. That's why he tells people they're unqualified to do something. It's because he doesn't want you to begin because he knows the moment you begin, he's defeated and you win because Christ is victorious. And that's why the enemy sows this destructive thought that the church is not advancing, that this thing is over. And I want to tell you, all he's wanting us to do is get learned helplessness, that it doesn't matter. And I want to tell you, it does matter that when we give, when we do the simple things Thing, like, give an offering today. God takes it, God's still alive, He still blesses it, and He still grows His church. That's why we baptized 128 people already, year. Today, 128 people went under the water and came up to new life in Christ. That's why this weekend there'll be about 200 kids over in that kids' ministry, and the world won't tell them they have a purpose, the world won't tell them they've got a God-given identity, the world won't tell them they have a future, but over there, there's an amazing team saying, you've got a purpose, you've got a future, God has an identity for you. That's why there were 104 students in this room on Wednesday night learning that whatever the world's offering you. God's got something so much better for you. That's why our church is growing. That's why over 500 people made decisions to follow Jesus Christ in this room so far this year, because we are not on the losing side. We're on the winning side. So let's do the work and let's watch God build the house. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, man, if you can learn you're not helpless, you'll find out you're not hopeless. God's got some incredible things in store. And when we do our part, like if each of us will lean into this offering today, God will build his house. I promise you that. There will be a return on your investment. But unlike when you invest in the stock market or real estate, it's called an eternal return on investment. That when we give today, over the next few months, over the year, we're going to see people experience abundant life in Christ. We're going to see marriages healed. We're going to see people bound with addiction. We're going to see them set free in Jesus' name. Because we're going to do our part. And then God's going to do his part. Here's the third reason. Here's the third reason we give to legacy offering is we give to remove limitations. To remove limitations. I I don't mind telling you. We, we believe in the blessing of God at this church. How many of you know we serve a big God? We serve a God that doesn't have limitations. Like the world will put limitations on you, but God will never fence you in. He will never box you in. And we need to reclaim a word in the church. Uh, people get uncomfortable when you say this word. And we need, we need to reclaim the word prosperity in the church. It's been hijacked by people who, you know, wanted jets or whatever, and I get that. I'm not comfortable with all that stuff either, but if you don't like the word prosperity, you can't read the Bible because it's in there 91 times, if depending on the translation. God just speaks prospering over his people, he speaks blessing. He speaks increase, he promises that he'll bless your life. I mean, it's right there. In, Matthew 6, Jesus said, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God, all these other things will be added, increased into into your life. Like you you can't you can't get around it. Like people people struggle with this idea, but Paul said, if you want to if you want a little harvest, sow a little seed. If you want a big harvest, sow a big seed. Like that's Bible. you, You can't read the Bible and walk away without having that mindset. There's all of these verses that speak to blessing, increase that speaks to uh, expansion. But our favorite one here at Coastal Life, it's marked our house. It's where one of our core values come from. It's Matthew, or excuse me, Proverbs eleven twenty four 24. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Like the mindset of the world, of hoard, of keep it, hold it, just just begins to draw the boundaries of your life. The promise of the Word of God is if you'll live with an open heart and an open hand, God will begin to expound and expand the boundaries of your life. God will begin to bring increase into your life. Sometimes we get into small places. I don't mind telling you man, when I started this church, and I, I still struggle. a small town kid, just struggled with smallness. It's challenging. I'll never forget uh, moving here to to Venice in 2009. This wasn't just a move from one state to another. This was a major life move for for me and Heidi. Uh, we were we were moving away from a life we had known. We were cutting ties with a, a religious organization. It wasn't a denomination, but a lot of people are familiar with that with that word. It was like a denomination, and not not bad people, but just not who God called us to be or what we were supposed to be a part of it wasn't our future and we had our whole world our network our friends all of that stuff I had churches to preach in get calls frequently to come preach because I'm amazing you know it's incredible preaching and I'd keep a calendar booked up with places to go and we had friends we moved a thousand miles away from our family and I, I call it, this is the phrase I use, I call it filing relational bankruptcy. Some of you may have to do it if you want a new life. Is I liquidated all of those relationships. And Heidi and I just decided that we would live for one relationship, and that's the relationship with God and the call of God He had on our lives. We, we moved to this city. And I know it's not a major metropolitan area, you know, it's not like it's New York City or whatever. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, you know? and uh, But... When you move here with your wife, your three-year-old, and your six-week-old, and those are the only people you know, was the loneliest season of my life. I felt so small. Nobody, nobody was calling me. Went into absolute obscurity. Nobody knew my name. No one cared. My mom and dad sent money, and Heidi's mom and dad sent money. And Heidi's grandpa was going to send some money to a TV preacher. And Heidi's dad was like, No, why don't you send that to Jason and Heidi? And that was the only support we had. And they were all 700,000 miles away. We're just here. I've never felt so small in all of my life. I've never felt so overwhelmed in all of my life. Like incredibly overwhelmed. So small. And I was in such a confined space. But about nine years, 10 years ago, we just decided that we were gonna give God our best yes. That we were gonna be obedient and we were gonna be faithful. I went on a journey of what I really believed about generosity and giving. And what I came to the conclusion was, if you give, God will open the windows of heaven over your life and he will pour out more than you have room to handle, contain, or you can even imagine. And I, nobody knew my name. I didn't know any of you people. I didn't know anybody. Nobody cared about us. We just started to give. We just started to be faithful with the giving. And God just began to bring increase and increase and increase and increase. And now I look around this room, and I can tell you, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. It's not even entered into your mind, the things that God has in store for you when you give God your best yes. And today, we're going to battle smallness. We're gonna battle the limitations of the world. We're gonna b- b- battle the mentality that God doesn't want to bless you doesn't want to prosper you we're going to do battle with that because today we're going to just break confinement off of our life and we're going to believe as we're obedient and as we're generous the world of the generous is going to get larger and larger and larger and as we get ready to give today I just want to declare over you that you cannot be contained you cannot be limited you cannot be confined that your past does not define you that what happens to you does not define the boundaries of your life that hard times may come but they do not get to set the limitations of your life the only one that can draw the boundary lines of your life is the God that created you who is the limitless God and it may have happened to you but it is not the place that you're going to stay and you will not stay stuck and you will not stay confined because you serve a God that is bigger than that and you may have a mountain but the mountain is not your boundary your boundaries are lying in the hands of a God that is limitless and He is able to do all things that He is able to bring increase now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above what you can ask, think, or imagine. That's the God that we serve today. That as we give, we're giving in faith. I don't know where you are, but you may feel small, but you're a seed sown into the environment and you have potential that there is something on the inside of you and that as God breathes, it's beginning to grow. It's beginning to expand and you will not stay small. That you will be significant. That God is bringing increase and you will be an influencer for Jesus Christ because you are a part of God's great kingdom. Come on, stand with me all over the room today. Father, pray for all of these people. Just as you bow your heads, I just want to say a special prayer for those that maybe, maybe today you never surrendered your heart to Jesus. And what I want you to give today is I want you to give God your best, and that's your heart. I want you to give God your yes. Maybe you're here, and if you are honest, you're like, Jason, man, I I'm, I'm spiritually dead. I'm stuck, I'm bound, I'm caught in my sin, I'm caught in my past today I just believe that there are the seeds of abundant life and eternal life and if you give God your faith your yes, God's going to breathe and you're coming to life today that eternal life is being realized in this room in this moment right now some of you in this room are going to step across the line of faith today some of you are going to make that decision to make Jesus the leader and Lord of your life if that's you I'm going to I'm going to lead you in a prayer I'm going to give you the words but I want you to pray these words out of your heart today and I'm going to have our whole church family pray this prayer out loud with you because we just don't let anybody pray this prayer alone we believe we're better together together we're standing with you as you take those steps you're victorious the enemy's defeated He's telling you that this isn't for you. You can't do it, all all of that stuff. is because he knows if you make this decision, he cannot stop you. He's defeated. And so he just does everything he can to lie and discourage. And can I tell you, if you're not helpless, you're not hopeless. God's gonna meet you in this moment. New life is coming into this room right now. I, I feel God just moving in this auditorium right now. He's, the Father heart of God is drawing you into relationship with you. Right now, he's, he's trying to adopt some people in this room. All he wants you to do is just say, yes, I'll be a child of God. Come on, if that's you, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Come on, Coastal family, say it out loud for those that are saying this prayer. I want them to say it with, 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 with determination. Come on, say, Lord Jesus, I receive you now. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash away my past. Make me a new person. Today I follow you. I will walk in your path. I will follow your ways. I receive you now as my leader and my Lord. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, it's so simple, but it's so powerful. Eternity just changed in this room because of those words right now. Like somebody's world is brand new. They may look the same, but they're not the same because they just stepped into abundant life and eternal life. Here's what I want to do. This is your moment of declaration. I'm going to count to three. And if you just prayed that prayer with me and you said, Jason, I received Christ. Maybe today is a special day where you came back to Christ. I want you to make it a declaration. On the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up. Our whole church is going to celebrate the decision you just made. Come on, on the count of three. One, two, if that's you, three. Lift it up and say, today I received Christ. Today I received Christ. Thank you for being with us on the podcast today and a great big thank you to all of those who financially support the ministry of Coast Life Church. Your generosity is helping us and resourcing us to bring God's word into people's hearts and lives. If you've never given and would like to, you can go to mycoastlifechurch.com forward slash give and just know that you're resourcing and equipping us to bring the encouragement of God's word into people's lives another way that you can make a difference is by simply hitting the subscribe button just know that means so much to us to know that you're leaning in to the word of god and a great big thing that you can do is hit the share button let other people know that there is encouragement and god's word is there to resource them because we're here just to lead people into abundant life in christ so they can experience life on top of life on top of life god bless you